When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. It's been estimated that today in June of 2018, JP Morgan, the largest private bank in the United States, currently owns over 130 million physical registered ounces of silver on the COMEX exchange. And that's what my video is going to be about today because there are so many questions surrounding that. There's so much discussion surrounding JP Morgan. And I kind of want to get to, to answer some of these questions, give my thoughts on them. Some of these answers, despite what some people will say, we do not always know the definitive answer to them, right? There are going to be people out there that say JP Morgan absolutely does have that physical silver or that they absolutely do not have an ounce of silver. And, and the truth of the matter is that, well, it's way above my pay grade and most of, of these individuals' pay grade to actually know whether or not they, they own that silver. There's there's probably very few people that actually definitively can answer that question. And, and those people are most likely not here in this alternative media space. A lot of this talk is um, conjecture, it's, it's opinion, but it's oftentimes presented as fact, okay? And so that's fair disclosure. I want to present some factual information today and, and give my thoughts on it, but I'm also not going to say that this is the gospel truth on this, that that there is no way that they own that much silver in, in physical form or that they absolutely do own that in physical form because we can not know. All right. So that'd be maybe the number one question. Do they actually have it? Second of all, why do they have it? What or, or, I mean, what, why why would a massive bank um, want to build such a massive position of physical or, or paper silver on the COMEX exchange? And finally, what's their long game? What is their long-term plans here? Uh, are, are they going to ride this out and, and make a huge profit as the price of silver goes up? Are they going to dump it onto the market and, and cause silver to go down? Are they going to do something else along the way? I want to get to all that in, my, in, in this video today. But But starting out, does JP Morgan actually have that much physical silver? I mean, when it comes to the COMEX, I mean, we, we, we kind of think of and, and talk about the COMEX exchange as being primarily a paper market. And, and it is. I mean, again, we don't know how much physical is actually there definitively, but we know that the amount of paper that is traded is, is much, much more than the actual amount that could ever possibly trade hands okay we're, we're talking uh hundreds of millions billions and tens of billions whatever a uh, dollar's worth of, of contracts that are traded um but but even even by their official numbers how much silver they supposedly have in the exchange not a whole lot okay so we can't know exactly how much physical is there but we do know that the the paper market i, I would describe it as something like a ponzi scheme type of market where you know it's almost like musical chairs, right? Except in, instead of having one chair less than the amount of people running around, it's like 20 people running around and there's two chairs, right? And, and you know, once the music stops, it's most of those people are going to be left without chairs. And kind of the same thing goes, I think, for this type of market. I mean, you're going to get a spectrum on this. You're going to get one side that kind of toes the mainstream line that says, you know, yeah, there's a lot of paper trading going on, but it's nothing to worry about, right? We, we got some physical, something to worry about. You know, the same people that would say there's nothing wrong with fractional reserve banking. 
um, the odds of something going wrong are are too low to even worry about. Even though you know there's plenty of history of of, of runs on the bank and bails in and bails out, you know, throughout human history. And then there's the other side of the spectrum that says, you know, definitively they know they somehow have this this factual information that they could not probably probably actually have um, that will say there's no silver absolutely no physical silver on the comics and that there is never any physical silver that's traded or delivered that it doesn't happen in this day and age maybe maybe in the past to some extent but not today okay you're going to get a spectrum here and people are very adamant about their opinions i fall somewhere in between i tend to be skeptical of these large exchanges or or even if we're talking about something like slv or, or to some extent even you know these vaults that say they're going to store your silver in an allocated or unallocated account I tend to be skeptical of that. I'm the, I'm the, if you don't hold it, you don't own it type of person, but okay. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. But, but I personally do believe that JP Morgan in this case probably does have that silver that is kind of in their registered account. I do. Um, and, and, you know, again, I can't know this for sure. Okay. But, but I, I think a common argument that I see about this is that there's no way that JP Morgan could possibly build up such a large hoard of silver and, and i think it's very possible okay now now to put this in perspective this is much much larger than what the hunt brothers ever accumulated back in you know the the you know around 1980 1981 much much larger than that it's most likely the largest you know if they actually have this physical silver most likely the largest physical hoard of silver held by a private entity throughout human history most likely you know um of course, public entities, if you want to call them that, you know, central banks or governments, um, they most likely have had much larger physical silver reserves in the past, including the U.S. government and potentially other world governments as well. Uh, but that's not the case today. You know, obviously, they mostly just hold gold reserves, if anything. Um, silver is, well, not really in style for, for central banks or, or governments to to hoard. I mean, there's some ex- evidence that maybe like Russia has some and but but, you know, even whatever little silver the U.S. has or something, it's mostly just for minting purposes and it's not really updated on a regular basis. But um, yeah, I, I do think that J.P. Morgan has this physical silver. Um, what people will often say is that there's no way that they could accumulate over 100 million ounces, over 130 or over 140 million ounces without driving the price much, much higher. But but I definitely do think that it's possible. I mean, first of all, they and other large bullion banks we know manipulate the price of paper metals okay and so if you can manipulate the price of paper metals then then you can kind of cap any major rallies you can you can control the price relatively um well and relatively easily while you go in this buying spree in fact oftentimes what they'll do is is they'll you know i I imagine they'll they'll force the price down and then they'll buy it on the dip right wouldn't that be nice if we could always buy our physical silver or gold on the dip well they most likely always know when this dip is coming now to put this in perspective 140 million ounces it sounds like a lot but you know helped by one one single entity um, I don't think it's enough to crash the physical markets, okay? Um, for example, okay, if we look at the ide- the total identifiable above-ground silver reserves around the world, okay? These are held in different places. You know, industries have a tiny amount. Governments have a very little amount. Most that is registered, this is non-private owners, like like you and I, at least, you know, held in our own possession or own houses. Most of it 
comes from custodian votes. And then there's a significant amount that supposedly backs things like the SLV. And then there's some that are on exchanges like the COMEX. Okay, but most of it is in custodian vaults, which, you know, again, I don't always know if it's actually there. We, we can't know for sure. But w- w- when you're talking about dozens or hundreds of different large vaults, you know, even if some of them, even if there are some bad apples, we, we can say that, you know, with, with some reasonable confidence that silver is most likely there. It doesn't mean it's a good idea maybe to, to choose that over physical delivery to your own, you know, front doorstep, but it's it's most likely there. And the amount that is there, today in and you know at least from 2017 that's the most recent data we have from um the the 2018 world silver survey is that they have an amount that is approaching two billion tons so so approaching two thousand million ounces okay that kind of puts in perspective the amount that jp morgan has 140 130 million ounces it's a lot okay but it's not necessarily enough to to crash the markets i mean look at the custodian um accounts i mean they uh you know they they you know from you know 2012 which is you know roughly when jp morgan really started buying to 2017 they increased their hoard in these individual vaults and whatnot by almost a thousand million ounces okay and so i don't think it's enough to actually crash the markets um and anybody that tells you it is i I don't think that's the case if you bought it all at once maybe we're talking about silver that's been accumulated over many many years okay so that's kind of my answer to that question at least do they actually own it yeah and i think it's very possible that they do when you take into account their ability to manipulate silver prices and the fact that 140 million ounces yeah maybe it's the largest hoard throughout human history for a private entity but it's not necessarily enough to crash the system if you buy it over a long enough period of time. Okay, so moving on to the next question. Why do they have this? Okay, and this kind of eventually will kind of dovetail into the final question, you know, what's their long game here? But, but why do they have this physical silver? Well, first of all, JP Morgan is a bank, and banks, they like to make money. Okay, um, so so I believe that that J.P. Morgan, they might have some larger goals here, but I think that one of their major goals um, is is simply to make money. Okay, that they buy this even as the price is going down and still find a way to make money on that, and and that's mostly because they trade the paper markets. I mean, think about it. If we started buying silver back in 2011. Um, and, and, you know, we, we accumulated 140 ounces today and we kind of accumulated the same pace as JP Morgan, just, um, you know, divided by a million and we're roughly 130, 140 ounces today. You know, our dollar cost average would be, you know, probably above 20 bucks. You know, it'd probably be higher than what silver is at right now. Um, and, and we would have lost money on that as an investment, but JP Morgan can trade paper markets in fact they can kind of use that um physical silver to more or less do things like sell volatility right if you guys are kind of familiar with um options tradings in in you know the stock markets or whatever you you have put contracts and you have um call options or or put con or put options and, and call options okay so for instance a call option okay there's two parties in a call option okay and basically how it works is you have one person who pays a premium 
to be able to buy a given amount of shares at a given price at a given point in time. So for instance, I could say um, a, a given company is at $50. I'm saying one month from now, I want to purchase the rights to be able to buy that company at um, you know $50 a share or whatever, $55 a share in a month, you know, at, you know, at that price or whatever. And then I'm going to pay a premium to the other party in this trade. And they're going to be selling, um, this, this call contract to me, right? I'm going to be buying it. They're going to be selling it. And basically they're going to accept that premium. They're going to have to hold on to those actual shares that they're promising to sell to me if I actually exercise the option. Um, and they're basically betting on the price, not being above the, the call price or the strike price, I should say, plus whatever premium I'm paying them. If, if that makes sense, that, that's kind of a simplified way of looking at it. Um, and it gets much, much more complex when you do look at different strategies. But, you know, the thing about options contracts is that they're, they'd be pretty easy if you can manipulate the markets relatively well. You know, I remember reading, this was, gosh, maybe a year or two ago, um, JP Morgan, uh, it was somehow discovered, I don't know if it was in one of their official reports or something, but um that I think it was over an entire quarter or maybe over an entire year. I don't remember. Either way, it was kind of ridiculous. Their trading desk, I don't know if this was their equity trading desk or if it was kind of all their trading desks consolidated. They had recorded something like two losing days throughout the entire period of time, right? Every other day, they netted a profit, okay? They had two days in which they actually lost money. And that, that's just so unrealistic for the average trader. And yet when you're a large bank that kind of knows how the markets are going to move or actually controls how the markets are going to move, it well, becomes a lot easier, okay? And so if you can team up with other bullion banks and kind of manipulate the price, you can do things like sell put options, sell call options, put options, basically the opposite. Um, you know, they're, if you're if you're buying a put option, you're you're betting on the price going down rather than up. Um, but they can sell that type of volatility. They can make money off of these silver physical silver ownings or paper, whatever it is, you know, um, while the price, the actual uh, value that is attached to that silver actually decreases. Okay, and so I think that's part of the reason they they want to make money off this. Okay, um, but to take a step further. I think that by manipulating the markets and manipulating volatility by basically selling volatility, I think another reason as to why they're doing this is to control the narrative on silver and 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 gold as well. You know, gold, silver, the markets are you know they're they're, they're compared, they're, they're talked about in the same sentence, um, but the, the markets are vastly different. The, the supply and demand, the the um, you know industrial versus investment demand for silver and gold, uh, the the physical gold holdings of 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 different governments and central banks versus um, silver, which is rarely held by these large banks and or central banks and governments. Um, they're they're very different, okay. Um, but but I do believe that one of their big goals here is to control the narrative on silver, okay. Simply put, you know, I, th- I believe that J.P. Morgan, along with many other large U.S. banks and, and, and indeed worldwide banks, but even if we just focus on U.S. banks here, I'm talking J.P. Morgan, uh, Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, Citi, Wells Fargo. Um, you can go on and on. These large banks, you can call them SIFIs, right? Systematically important financial institutions or sci-fi, whatever you want to call them. Um, they work together. And, and I do believe that they benefit off of the current 
central banking system, the current fiat system. In fact, a lot of the people that, that run the central banks around the world were uh, you know, former private bankers. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I do believe that they benefit off this current system. They benefited off of the financial crisis when it was all said and done. They benefit off of quantitative easing and low interest rates and all of that. Um, and if they can control the narrative on something like silver, they can help perpetuate uh, kind of this fiat paradigm for a little bit longer. I mean, for example, look at the silver market a little over a week ago when everything was going really well. It had broken some key resistances above $17 and then boom, it gets smashed down on a Friday, right? Um, things like that is very disheartening, not only to us, but very disheartening to to anybody that is gutsy enough to take out a long position on silver on, you know, the COMEX or some other paper market, right? Um, there's, there's always people taking out these long positions, um, but they're, they're oftentimes wiped out of those positions pretty quickly because, well, you know, if they want to control the narrative, they're going to continually do these types of things, manipulate the price, keep it down or keep it in a tight trading range for a long period of time. doesn't mean they can do that forever, but I do believe that for the time being, that is their goal. doesn't mean it's always going to be their goal. 2019, 2020, it could be very different. But I think that since 2011, when, when the price started to decline, that's been one of their big goals is to control the narrative on silver and to some extent gold as well. Okay, that the two are, are by some investors seen very similar um, as, as a hedge, whereas other investors, you know, see silver as more of a commodity rather than some sort of a financial um hedge you know, against fiat or against war or whatever. Anyways, um, I, I think that's another big part of why they're holding it. Okay. Now, finally, I want to get into the last question here. What is their long game? And this, again, kind of gets into the, to, to, um, the question of why they're holding it. Uh, what is their long game here? Now, for the time being, I've, I've already kind of gone over what they're trying to do right now. I think they're trying to make money off of it. Um, also, through through manipulation, you know, they can make money off of it that way. Selling volatility, et cetera, et cetera. That's what they're doing right now. But what is their long game here? Now, usually I see two different opinions here. Either A, they're gonna eventually dump this silver onto the market and, and drive down prices. Now, again, 140 million ounces is a lot of silver, but dumping it onto even the physical markets, um, I think that it wouldn't be all that effective for all that long of a period of time. Do, do you get what I'm saying here? You know, if, if you're taking into account that, you know, roughly a billion, give or take, ounces of silver comes onto the market through mining and scrap each year, um, that would only be a 14% increase in supply. It's significant, don't get me wrong, but this is something that JP Morgan has taken years to build up. And, and if they were to dump it in a day, a week, a month, a year, or a couple years, um, well, it's, it, its effect is going to be limited if we're kind of going on the presumption that they want to keep the physical price suppressed. Dumping it onto this market, you know, that type of demand will easily get soaked up by stackers like you and I, by by larger investors that are buying and, and holding it in vaults, you know, by, by the thousands or tens of thousands of ounces. It's going to easily get soaked up, 140 million ounces. Um, that's really not a whole lot when you look to, to past years how much um, investment demand there has been in the silver market some years, okay? I tend to doubt it. I tend to doubt that they plan on dumping 
that much silver onto the market. Um, instead, I kind of subscribe to the belief that eventually they're going to hold on to it for the long run. Um, now, I think what a lot of people assume here is that, for, for instance, I had a comment the other day, you know, it, it was something along the lines of if, you know, silver went to such and such price, it was like $10,000 or something. JP Morgan's hoard is going to be worth like over a trillion or it was some ridiculous number. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of an unpleasant thought. But I don't think that JP Morgan necessarily is holding on to this silver. And, and when we say JP Morgan, let's be clear who we're talking about here. You know, banks, these large U.S. banks, um, they compete with each other, sure, especially at the lower level. But at the higher level, um, I imagine that a lot of these executives, a lot of these people that are really pulling the strings are pretty friendly with each other, Okay. And so, you know, when they see a bank like like Lehman Brothers go under or something like that, um, you know, the the, the really higher ups at at Lehman Brothers, whoever they were, you know, I'm I'm not super familiar with the the, the deeper, deeper management that was in place back then. Um, I don't think that they're just going to be, you know, left out in the rain there. I don't think that they are kind of going to go down with the ship, okay? And so when I talk about J.P. Morgan and kind of their long-term survival strategy here and and what's their long game for silver, I I think, you know, we're talking about more than just J.P. Morgan as a company, right? We're talking about the people that are really high up there, um, and and these people might not necessarily be officially associated with J.P. Morgan, right? These people could be in the U.S. government. They could be in the central banking system around the world. They could be in other world governments as well. They could be on other large private banks, et cetera, et cetera. You see what I'm saying here. All right, so I think their long game here is not necessarily to trade this silver for dollars, okay? Um, silver could go up to $1,000 at $10,000 or whatever. Maybe they'll trade some of that out to, in turn, buy some other sort of physical asset. But no, I think that their goal, and, and again, their goal being the the kind of deeper powers and not necessarily um, J.P. Morgan as a company, their longer-term goal here is to carry over some sort of wealth into the next paradigm, not unlike our goal. Okay, do you see what I'm saying here? Now, I, I don't know what shape or form this will take. I don't know if this silver is eventually going to be held by by the next generation of central bankers or technocrats or large private banks or exactly how it's going to work out. Uh, but I think that that's going to be their long-term goal, that they're not necessarily going to let go of this silver on the way up as fiat is kind of crashing around them. I think this is something that they want to hold on to for the next generation of, of banks and whatnot. And I think that should kind of scare us. Um, I don't know. You, you guys can kind of give me your thoughts on that down below in the comment section. Is that a good or bad thing that they're going to hold on to this for the long run? But I do believe that that's what they're trying to do here with with this um, physical silver. That's their long game is that they're going to hold on to this. And and they're not, you know, as the price goes up, the price is going to become more and more meaningless to them. And, and I think ultimately it's going to be a, a way for them to maybe survive. Maybe not the company. You know, maybe J.P. Morgan is, is going to fall apart like many other banks in the next financial crisis or they're going to get bought out or who knows? Who knows what it's going to look like? Um, but but somehow I think that the silver, it plays a very strategic role in the long term for for the current power, the survival of the current power structure, not necessarily J.P. Morgan. Um, but But anyways, that's kind of my answer to those three questions. 
do they have it? Why do they have it? And what's their long game? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts since down below in the comment section. Let's keep it civil. Um, but but love to hear your thoughts on what I've said thus far in this video, and and kind of give me some of your some additional thoughts. There's you know all the time I read comments that hey you know I, I read them and I'm kind of like hey I've never thought of it that way before, and so y you guys are a lot smarter than you guys you know give yourselves credit for. So so. Give me something interesting down below in the comment section. As always, I'd like to thank you all from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, and God bless.